Today, we cover two makeup games played earlier in the week. We also, since there's limited games, we'll look ahead, kind of previewing teams' futures, what they need now, how their season's gone, everything about the Premier League. We look ahead to match week 22 and other makeup fixtures that'll be played next week. This is the Premiership Aruzos. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. And the ball in behind Damian Bunny! You are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all. We're here. We're live. We are. Kind of live. I mean, live recorded. Live recorded. We don't edit this. We've never done that. We've never had a single bad take. <laughs> never. We we hit the we button go back and, and just what happens, happens. You'll swear we said something. Go back to listen to the old episode. It's out. It's out of that episode. It's in. Yeah. Clips the wrong takes. And you know how much limited editing there was is that Last week, I forgot to unmute the intro, so there's just like uh, a minute of silence. So if you heard that, that was, I do apologize. That was for Norwich's season. Yes, that was a moment of silence for Norwich's season. They're trash. More or on them. Later. Later, but let's get into, we had a whopping two games. There were supposed to be three. At least, you know, most of them played two. then. Yes, a vast majority. Yes. I went to watch the, the third game, and I was like, what was it? It was Everton Leicester? Yeah. Right. Where where'd they go? I'm looking like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Spinning looking around like did I, I, miss I didn't something? even get to update that day that it was canceled. That's why I was No, surprised. I mean we're just at that point where it's like Nope. <laughs> okay, it's canceled, whatever. Yeah. We're not gonna tell anyone. It it just Speaking of not telling anyone. Just canceled. Southampton didn't tell anyone that they're back. To the lineups, you read them off. For Southampton. Fraser Forrester, Lianco, Salisu, Benrack, in the midfield, Romeo, Ward Peraz, Perot, Nathan Tella, Diallo, up front, Redmond, and Brosia. Got some good and bad. <laughs> For Brentford, in net, Hank's favorite, Alvaro Fernandez. Back three, Ayer, Pinnock, and Jansen. Midfield, Norgard, Canos, Baptiste, Janelt, Ruslev, up front. The dynamic duo that has not, not been, been so dynamic, dynamic lately. Oof. Ivan Tony and Brian Mbuomo. I just want to say I'm David Raya guy, for the record. But I would sure hope better. so. <laughs> for the record, I'm a Jonas Lissel kind of guy. Of Well, who isn't these days? Yeah. Uh, this one starts off Southampton doing what Southampton does. Pressure early and often. Um. We got an early goal in this one. Early goal. And 
that spells good times for Southampton. Corner from James Ward-Prowse. Bednarek heads it home. Shocking defense. <laughs> yeah, that's not not good. Good ball by Ward-Prowse, but still not. You can't let Bednarek get in that position. He didn't get much on it, but, I mean, he was so close to net, he literally yeah. had to just get anything on it. Inside the six-yard box, very poor marking. I mean, really, he just had to stand there and get a little flick on, and that's what he did. So Southampton, take the early lead. Brentford kind of played a little better after the goal, I thought. Yeah. And then it really just opened up for a stretch Mm -hmm. for, like, no reason. Yeah. So 23rd minute, Brentford get the equalizer through Yanelt with a beautiful first-time volley. Very nice cross from Mbomo. Yeah, a little build-up by Brentford uh, from midfield on that one. Mbomo running up the wing towards the byline and just sending in that cross. Nice little volley by Yanelt. Yeah, pretty disappointing from Southampton after the good start to really let Brentford back into this game. That's what they do, though. They blow leads. That's true. But not this game, technically. Not this game. And I got (laughs) to say, something I noticed in this game, not a lot of good spells of possession. No, it was just, like I said, it was open. Yeah. Like, pretty much the whole half. Each team just taking turns, giving away the ball. And we got another goal. Off the corner. Only clear to the edge of the box. Diallo. Diallo. With the long-range shot. Guy. Off the post. Off Fernandez. Technically an own goal, I believe. Um, I give it to Diallo because he doesn't get many. Yes, I do too. I thought it was pretty nice. Um, <laughs> if Brentford's defense, I mean... Yeah, just more poor defense on that one. They're like, well, we conceded a goal... It's a Bednarak off the header, so we're just going to really stuff the box. And then no one's on the edge of the box once it's, like, I guess cleared, but it's more of a poor clearance. Yeah. And then not to mention the unlucky deflection off the post. and Yes, off the keep, Mr. Fernandez. Fernandez. Yeah. Harley. Sorry, Hank. (laughs) She had a single (laughs) Don't dox me. (laughs) Don't dox me. I don't... uh, What are you talking about, motorcycles? (laughs) I did shed a tear. I was like feels bad hank actually showed up on a harley that's why i yeah he, he rides a lot of harley so i call him harley sometimes harley hog 96 uh, so anyways halftime southampton leading 2-1 deserved yeah you would say deserved uh i mean they kind of even they probably had like of the non-goal chances probably had the best chance even like right before half two so yeah. i would definitely say that they looked the better side but Brentford came out, and I wouldn't say they looked better than Southampton, but they at least looked better compared to what how they're playing in the first half, early in the second, and then that immediately went out the window about five minutes later. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> all momentum killed by Southampton. Brogia hitting on the counter in the 49th minute to yeah. make it 3-1. Yeah, we'll talk about where teams are standing and stuff, and I was doing research, and I didn't realize how bad Southampton were at long balls. And just like generally playing on the counter, they're not the best. I mean, they only really have the one from earlier. Brosia had a goal, but yeah, uh, this one was just so bad. When Romeo has to just play it forward pretty much because you have two center backs back and it's just a foot race. Yeah. Not good. No midfield by Brentford. Yeah, not good. Um, so a- after that point, you're thinking, okay, Southampton 
and cruise control on this one. Um, they make some subs. Che Adams coming on. He's been out for a couple of weeks. Yes. Uh, 70th minute, shortly after he comes on, he scores, kind of chips Fernandez. I thought it was... That was a nice finish. I thought it was poor goalkeeping. It was well, kind of flapping. First off, what was poor is the fact that Southampton can just get on the ball near the midline and just send one forward. They just hoof it upfield, and yet Brentford's tracking back or, well, coming forward so slow that Shea Adams is still onside and he gets a one-on-one with the keep. Yeah. It's just bad. This game, a lot of it, I thought, came down to Brentford's lack of, I guess you can't call out their effort, but they look lackadaisical. Southampton, any chance Brentford had that was like reasonably close, it came down to like last-ditch effort defending from mm-hmm. Southampton to just deteriorate the any chance Brentford had. Yeah, I, I thought Brentford looked a lot less sharp than they have in the past couple of games. Uh, a few players that stood out to me as being poor, uh, I thought Ayer was pretty pretty bad. Yeah, he had a lot of giveaways. Yeah, I figure that's just coming back to match sharpness. He had a rough one, a lot of giveaways. Um, uh, In the midfield, Baptiste, I thought looked poor. He was useless. And then Johan Wiesa, when he came on, was like a oh yeah. So that was a yikes. (laughs) Uh, But Southampton, big victory, scoring four goals, massive for them. That's that's got to be a huge morale boost. Yeah, going into the second half of the season. Picking up a nice win like that. Yeah, I mean, you think that Brentford, after how they played last week, come out, get a win, come from behind victory, and you're like, oh, you know, maybe they'll start picking up again. Yeah. And then they come out and lay a stinker. But as far as Southampton go, up to 11th, I mean, that's pretty That's pretty good, given the squad's not bad, but I think, as we call them, the Hans, Ralph Haas and Hoodle doing so much with this squad, I think definitely excelling expectation uh, outperforming ex- expectations. Yeah, it is a pretty thin squad. Um, getting some good performances out of players like uh, Brogia, he's been a great loan. Yeah. Uh, for for Southampton as well. I thought Perot had a good game. Yeah, he looks solid going forward. So it's just kind of nice that they have some guys that they can rotate in, but you know, not. Not the most deep squad, but they have dependable guys that can come in and, you know, settle in nicely. Yeah. No, I think that they have some talent, but Hasanoto's really making the most out of it, Um, especially with the tactics that he has going right now, making them, you know, they just have a bunch of guys in terms of work rate too, in term, that just allow them to press yeah. and play the way they want to. It just feels like it's, you know, the defensive quality isn't always there. And maybe it's a bit of lack of focus in these blown leads, but yeah, yeah. The one player I thought was not very good for Southampton, Nathan Redmond. I would have liked to see uh, Adam Armstrong. Out you there. would have thought that if Southampton, if you told you before the game that they got four, you'd have thought Redmond had pretty good impact on at least one of them. Yeah, not the case. He was he was nowhere. So yeah, I'd. That's that's the thing about Southampton. I I really like to see them get Adam Armstrong involved. I I'm buying stock on Adam Armstrong. I feel like he's been pretty underrated. I mean, I've, a lot of this year's great. a lot of this year's just been hurt and nagging injuries, and then he comes back too soon, and they or they play him too much when he does come back. So 
they just gotta make sure he's 100 percent then work him back in the squad because you you can't keep going with nathan redmond and theo walcott i'm sorry you just go commit to the youth even though armstrong's not like young he's still like 25 26 redmond's yeah decently old and walcott we know is ancient so right yeah i i just feel like there's a good player there with adam armstrong we show that celtic moving on you're thinking of Stuart armstrong who are you talking about? Adam, Adam Armstrong. Oh, I, I this whole time I was thinking. Yeah, that's why I was confused. I was like, are you talking about Che Adams? Uh, no. I'm, I'm talking about Adam Armstrong. Adam Armstrong, yes. Yeah, I mean, when you pay that much money for him, you kind of have to play him at least a little bit. But, I mean, Broja's been so good that it's like it's kind of hard to, you know. Well, I think they can play together. You're going two strikers? Well, that's what they were doing. They had 4-4-2 in this one. Redmond up top. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of like... He, he kind of drops back, though. More of an attacking mid, but I don't know. I still... Not to mention, you're going to have Trey Adams out there, who's more... I mean, he's a false nine, kind of 10 role, but... Yeah. I don't know. I think I'd right now I'd probably lean Brogia over Armstrong, but... Well, I would, too. Yeah. I'm just saying... They got to find a way to get him more involved. I'd I agree rather with that. see I'd rather see Adam Armstrong than Nathan Redmond. Well, no one we, wants to see Nathan. Who Redman. we know is not any good, and that's not going to change. For the record, I want to see Stuart Armstrong out there too. Absolutely, I do too. And I think that would fit more. Yeah, I guess I don't know. It depends on what House Noel wants to do, but I feel like that'd be more of a like for like Redmond for yeah. Stu Armstrong. I agree. Moving on now. Yeah, that's enough Southampton talk for the next 10 episodes. <laughs> I disagree. West Ham, Norwich, to the lineups. Fabianski, Cresswell, Shufal, Dawson, Jop. So it's still that kind of not ideal, not really makeshift, but not ideal. The depth the depth back line. Fornells, Lanzini, Vlasic out there, Bowen, Declan Rice, Mikel Antonio. Norwich, we got Kroll, Aarons, Gibson, Hanley, Williams, Placheta, Rashitza's back, Liz Malou, McLean, Ida, and Pookie. Oh, Norwich. This game, it kind of felt early on like, I don't know. I, I had faith West Ham would win, but it did feel a little bit like um, where you see West Ham struggle against the lower teams, and you're like, oh, boy, come on. Yeah, there were definitely times in this game where it's like, why is Norwich having this much possession? Not even that. Just like West Ham not taking their chances. Like early on in the second minute, that ball from Lanzini to Bowen. Yeah. I, like, I mean, obviously Norwich stink giving him that space in between center backs in the box. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Stuff like that you just got to capitalize on more, I feel like, if you're West Ham. But they eventually do yeah. um, late on. There's another chance for Bowen early on, taking out both center backs who just could not keep up with Jared Bowen today, to say the least. Yeah. This was, <laughs> this game was like through ball mania. Yeah. Just getting it through to Jared Bowen and behind in space. Yeah, and it kind of felt like West Ham would definitely have to, I mean, that's kind of what we thought before the game, but they're going to have to generate a goal out of possession in order to make Norwich kind of, come out and play that way Norwich have for a little bit where they try and build out of the back and mm-hmm. then that allows you to counter yeah and that does eventually happen 32nd no I guess oh the disallowed goal too what do you think about that one yeah that was weird 
I, I mean, it really didn't seem like he had an impact on that play. I thought it was ridiculous that Vlasic got like pulled down by yeah. Tim Kroll. Yeah. But I, yeah, I didn't understand that one. But I feel like that was one that kind of got ruled out by principle. Yeah. Like you, you kind of have to, otherwise, other ones are going to be kind of a gray area. But you know, when you when you just look at it, it seemed like it should have been a goal. Yes. But then they do get one right before half. Cross from Cresswell all the way over to Shufal, who crosses it to Bowen, puts it home. Yeah, Bowen one-nil. finally gets his goal. Could yes. have had three by now. <laughs> I mean, and to be fair, he's really good, but we we know yeah. finishing isn't his. Yeah, if he could if he could step up his finishing just a notch, he would really elevate to be. He'd be on the England squad for sure. I know people are yeah. having calls for it now, and it's like uh, maybe pump the brakes a little bit, but. I don't know. If he keeps playing like this, he might have to. Yeah. I mean, would you rather have him or Jaden Sancho out there? <laughs> I would definitely have Bowen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, halftime then. And then after that, I mean, good chance for West Ham again. They just don't take it for now, creating the chance for Antonio, who was just taking it to Grant Hanley, posting <laughs> him up, turning yeah. around. Shot went a little high, but. Yep. And then Jared Bowen, 57th minute, has a great chance. Another beautiful ball from Fornals. Can't convert. Yeah, I mean, the only real chance at this point, too, in between those two West Ham chances was like a counter by Norwich and Pookie put the cross too high. Mm-hmm. That's the only Norwich notes I have up until that point, other yeah. than that their center backs were given way too much space yeah. in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, Norwich had some, sitting back. had some decent spells of possession, but ultimately they had nothing going forward. I mean, they were just like, it, it's it been bad. this way all season. Yeah. Where even if they have good possession, maybe get the ball in a good spot, there's just nothing there. No. And you know there's nothing there. I thought it was pretty disappointing from a West Ham perspective to even allow Norwich that much possession. But I think that's kind of what happens when you don't have Suchek out there. Um, you kind of give up some more of the control of the game when you have Lanzini instead. Yeah. Who's kind of more offensive p- firepower, but isn't going to like possess the ball. Yeah, I mean, I think you can get away with swapping Suchek for Lanzini in this match because Norwich just aren't. Yeah. Going to win the ball, really, yeah. in midfield. They don't have any of that. So putting the pressure on Lanzini's not, they're not going to be doing that. If you're playing, like, Wolves or someone even, like, mid-table, I don't think you can get away with it. That's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching this game. Because Lanzini can sit there. He, he's just a playmaker in general, but you can get away with him as a deep-lying playmaker if it's Norwich. But yeah. other teams, no, not so much. Other teams will exploit that. Yeah, absolutely. So, 68th minute, Ida has a shot, hit the post. That's kind of the biggest chance for Norwich in the game. Um, And then 83rd minute, Jared Bowen gets his second goal after Masuaka rolls it across the box. They almost messed up the counterattack. They messed up a few counterattacks in this game. Yeah. They almost messed this one up. Yeah, Masuaka not taking too long getting rid of the ball uh, pass the ball man initially ruled offside but then var reviewed and it was ruled on side so west ham pick up the three points against norwich you had to say that 
I think the it's best no surprise. best part of this game was that <clears throat> Yarmolenko for some reason got subbed on when they're up two nothing with like not that much time left. Need a goal, man. <laughs> uh, West Ham. This puts him in the top four. Nothing in terms of you know really being convincing or anything. I mean they did what they had to do, but mm-hmm. as far as Norwich go, there's a little buzz right now about Mr. Dean Smith. I don't get it. I don't know what Norwich would be expecting. I don't know exactly what fans would be expecting. Don't tell me people want Dean Smith sacked already. Some people, not many, but it's there's at least rumblings, and it's like, why? You suffered through how many weeks of Farka? I mean, <laughs> Dean Smith is gonna bring you right so. back up next year in the championship. So he's. Nord should be lucky they have a guy like Dean Smith. Yes. Let's be honest. Yeah, they should be. I mean. They, they should be the ones hiring the Republic of Georgia manager, not even Watford should yeah. have to sink that low. <laughs> yeah, Norwich, I'm sorry. Your club is pretty tragic, and you should never have been in the Premier League in the first place. Sorry. Sorry, but also We still sorry. love you, whoever you are, Norwich fans listening. <laughs> I do sympathize with you. It's not in your control. <laughs> <laughs> but but when you're saying Dean Smith out, that's where you lose me. And like I said, it's not that many, but there's still like, it's more, I think, media than like mm. fans and stuff. Yeah, I suppose. Which, I mean, fans are more reasonable than media, I feel like, most of the time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, media most of the time just trying to get some clicks. Yep. After those two games, we are here. It's going to be transfer, talking points here on the Premiership Rizzo podcast. Yes. We have four talking points that we are going to discuss. We have five teams for each point. That Hank has hand-selected. If you have an issue with it, blame Sam and not <laughs> me, even though I set it up entirely. Here we go. First prompt, where are you at? Feelings about the team's performances this season, best slash worst aspects of the squad, grade, just a general sense, you know? Mm-hmm. about what we're feeling first team team that just played we got brentford i'm gonna break down some just general stuff about them real quick yes best result well results win against arsenal and draw against liverpool worst what results a, what about that win against wolves i mean arsenal's better than wolves though and liverpool is better than wolves well i would throw it up there <laughs> <laughs> i was just doing the two but uh, worst losses versus Norwich and at Burnley. They were currently sitting 12th. I don't know what they're at now because I did the research Monday. They're 13th now. So, um, What are we thinking, Sam? All right. Well, here's what I'm thinking. If you just blindfolded me and threw me into this scenario where Brentford comes up, they're in 13th place, I would say, wow, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. And for most, you know, good chunk of the year, I, I I do think it is, you know, a good achievement for Brentford. It's just we've seen how good they can be. Yes, we've seen how good Brentford can be. We got a little spoiled at the start of the season with a good run of form, and they have dropped off from that quite a bit. We saw a couple games the past few weeks where they looked pretty good, had some good energy, but then. You know, they have some absolutely awful games like this past one against Southampton. And it just leaves you wondering, like, 
I don't really know how good Brentford is. <laughs> yeah. You wonder if the beginning was smoke and mirrors or if what now is just kind of a rough patch. But Is it going to be like a Sheffield United where the first year they they thrive on vibes and then the second year they're absolutely god-awful? They very well could be. We'll just break down Brentford kind of in general right now. Third worst at passing with a play style that kind of suits the 15 to 30 yard intermediate passes up the wing. Low shot creating actions. Rely heavy on set piece and rebounds. Above average in tackling and top five in interceptions and tackle. So it's going to be a lot of ball winning. And it's just a matter of getting it up the field and kind of throwing it at the net and hope something works out. Yeah. Right now, they're not throwing the ball at the net, to say the least. They're not getting the dynamic offense that Sam was talking about earlier from Tony and Embuemo. If they're scoring, it's generally, it feels like one of the wingbacks or midfielders somehow, or even a defender off a corner or something. It, right now, we don't have a ton of faith in the attack. I think they have to resurrect that more than the defense. Yeah, I agree. Personally. Yeah, there there does seem to be quite a disconnect between the midfield and the forwards. You have midfielders who are more ball winners and, you know, not really the best of passers. And you also kind of lack like a, a real number 10 yes. playmaker. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the sacrifice you make for having two strikers. Um, but yeah, the defense has been suspect at times, but overall, I think it's been good enough. Yes. Um, it's a lot better than some other teams. For sure. Uh, in their kind of range. Yeah. And you know, I mean, like you said earlier, there's a thing with expectations before the year and then you experience it and then you're like, what the heck? But at the beginning of the year, you would have taken it. Mm-hmm. I would say if I give them a grade right now, it'd be like a B minus. I think they've still had a damn good year. Um, I mean, is relegation out of the window of like the realm of possibility? Technically, no, but I couldn't see it. So that's already yeah. a success. That meets like the kind of threshold of like a C range, and they're decently above relegation, uh, or uh, I guess near the bottom of the table. They're closer to mid table, so. I'd say it's a pretty damn good season, but I mean yeah. it can keep slipping. They got to get out of this rut. Yeah, I'd say I'd say B minus C plus range. Yeah, somewhere in between. Absolutely. Um, Moving on to the next team. Yes, Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham best result, first game. First game. So it's all downhill from there. You beat Man City. Uh, worst result. I went with the United loss. They did not look like an actual Premier League team in that game. Loss against Arsenal was also quite a... That was bad, too. Poor moment in their season. Uh, Sitting sixth right now, I believe. Yes, still sixth. Um, What are your thoughts on Tottenham right now? Because this has been such a wacky year with, you know, the managerial you go around you can't find the right guy and then you settle on a guy and then you immediately sack him and then you bring in a guy that you probably wanted early on but he won't take the job right away it's just just a goofy year yeah um they're kind of in the same boat as uh brentford as in you don't really know how good they are because sometimes they're awful and sometimes they're pretty decent yeah uh, we've seen kind of both under conte 
which is really what I'm grading off of. Uh, I think that first first part of the season with Nuno is kind of like null and void. I mean, that happened, but it's in the past, and now it's kind of a new era. You know, that's what Tottenham is hoping, at least, that this is going to be something that lasts at least, you know, a few seasons. So you're more optimistic. I have to hold that against them. You hired a manager. You can't go in the year thinking, well, this guy will last us through November. Well, I agree with that, but I'm just saying I, I feel like we all knew that was coming in the first place. Yeah. So. But, you know, I don't think Tottenham did. Well, I mean, Daniel <laughs> Levy's an idiot, so. Um, if we're talking about certain aspects of the team, they're just not prolific on attack like one would think. No. An example being they're very high in shots on target percent, but their goals per shot on target is bottom five. Think how hard that is. Think how many bad teams are on attack. Um, They're almost negative seven in expected goals. If that stat does anything for you, it doesn't. I'm going to explain one reason why that stat does nothing for me anymore. Uh, And they just like the, they have to be stable at the back and midfield or they're just left open and exposed. Um, So they just kind of, you know, middle of the pack for defensive categories because they're never really in threat. Um, but they're low in, like, goal creations allowed and stuff. I mean, it's, you know, the defense is good, but at the same time it's like they have to adapt to that defense so much that it's like what if that is the weakest part, mm-hmm. but maybe it's not the weakest component of the team. And it's like they're asking so much out of the, the attack to create by themselves that it, that's why it's not efficient. It's such a strange team yeah i think they rely too much on sun and kane and obviously kane has been pretty poor this season yes um sun hasn't had his best season either i think where they really could use an improvement is kind of like a secondary playmaker that can help those guys excel and you know really find some form you look at the team you know like bergwijn gonna be sold he's he's gone your best option, you know, is probably like Lucas Mora. And at times he's been decent. He's been pretty good lately. Yeah. Um, but you can't always count on Lucas Mora. Right. They they really need someone to come in. Like, that's probably what they thought that Bergwijn was going to be. Yeah. But it just never really panned out. And then, like you said, they're they're pretty dependent on playing like a certain style where they have to sit back and hit on the counter. Yeah, just because their their defense and midfield is so poor that you can't really afford to play a real possession based game. Yeah, I mean they they have the least amount of defensive errors leading to a goal, yet they've allowed like the second most dribbles that have led to a goal. So it's like they protect them to the point where it's like they're very conservative. You know, they have their system. They don't want them to get exposed. But when they do get exposed, it's or they're kind of left on an island. It's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I feel like the most important component of their team right now, unironically, is somehow the midfield between Skip and Hoiberg, because I felt for a while when it was just Hoiberg out there with no one really helping him and Dombele and stuff, it's like, it's, yeah. it, there's no link between the attack and the defense, and it's like the way they have the attack playing isn't good, and the defense, like we said, it has, they have to support it so much, so... I feel like the midfield's like their best aspect. 
given how it's set up. It yeah. has to be. Yeah, I think they they are set up to play the way that they should and the way that their squad kind of dictates that they should be playing. I think just given the the players that they have, that that system is the best option available. Yes. Grade for the year? Grade, I would B say... Minus. I'd say C plus. Okay. Um, you know, it's got the possibility of turning into like a maybe fourth, A minus if you somehow squeak out a fourth. Yeah. I mean, well, that would just be a miracle. That'd be like you're going into the class on like a B minus, and then the final just comes through like ninety seven percent, and you get it all the way up there. Yeah. <laughs> it would really just seem like it'd be undeserving, but. You know, if they grind out their way to fourth, then so be it. Yes. Moving on. Villa, best result, win at United. Worst. I couldn't tell if it was the opening match against Watford or if it was the blown 2-0 lead against Wolves. Yeah, both those were pretty awful. I felt like maybe maybe the Watford one was worse because... It's like Watford stink and they gave up that loss, but at the same time, like they had a two goal lead with like 15, 20 minutes left and they yeah. blew it. Yeah. So, but sitting, where are they right now? 14th. Not ideal for them. But what are we looking at as far as their components of their squad that you like and don't really like? components of their squad that i like i like their their center backs that they have i think they're solid um martinez is solid i guess all around defensively they should be pretty good cash and target as fullbacks and now they're bringing in digne i think that's probably the strongest suit of their game yeah but has at times been poor for no reason yeah absolutely i think that uh to say the least, their defense has been below average at times and had ups and downs, especially towards the end of the Dean Smith era. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look, they've conceded the third most carries in the penalty area. That's not good. That's not good when teams can just dribble right into your box. <laughs> like, And I, I do think it has something to do with the fact that they cash have two and target play you know, advanced roles, and then they have... Not really a ball-winning midfielder ever. Nah. McGinn can. He he can, but he's not like a pure six. No. He's more of an eight. Eight, yeah. Douglas Louise, ideally, is probably their six, and sometimes he's just not on. I don't really rate him as much as other people do, but... I guess I still see him more as like an eight. I feel like he's a six slash eight, probably more of a six, but regardless, it... Their defense has been so up and down this year. It's yeah, but so is their attack. I mean, their attack is in moments of brilliance, but just not enough consistency. Um, they're low in shot creating actions, but middle of the pack for like goal creating actions. So they're kind of efficient in terms of you know turning their the chances they do get into goals. But I don't know. I just feel like there is kind of a overlying sense on Ollie Watkins in terms of goal production. Ings has kind of came back a little now into the mix. That'll get you some goals. But, I mean, Buendia hasn't been quite as good as you would have hoped. Leon Bailey was looking good, and then he got hurt, and now it's 
you know, we don't really know what's going on there. They're selling El Ghazi. It's kind of just a strange, you know. You kind of had to patch it together when you sold Grealish this late, and it's not looking ideal right now, to say the least. Yeah, with the Grealish money, they just kind of threw money at different guys. It didn't really seem like they had much of a plan, and now that's kind of showing because you're not really getting the full effect of most of those players. Your offense doesn't look that great. No, your best. It feels like your best in attack is when the fullbacks are up and they're whipping balls into the box. Is when it generally feels. Or sometimes you'll spring a counter, yeah, and that's when you're feeling good. But in terms of build up through possession, it hasn't been that great this year. At moments, I feel like it's looked better under Gerrard than Dean Smith. But mm-hmm. I mean, and that too. Not to mention going through a managerial change halfway through the year. So, yeah. what are we looking at for a grade on Villa? I would say. B. B? Yeah. I'd probably go B minus again. It's a lot of B minuses being handed out today. A lot of 81% in this class. I think considering the fact that they lost Jack Relish and they've they had some rough moments, but they've steadied the ship, I yeah. think that's a good sign. That's fair. Moving on, other Claret and Blue team, West Ham United. Best results win against Chelsea and Liverpool. Worst results, lost to Brentford and Southampton. Sitting fourth right now. What do we like about this team, Sam, so far? Well, they have some real quality all over the pitch uh, from from back to front. Fabianski's great. They've had some great center back play, uh, fullback play, midfield play. Declan Rice has been phenomenal. Um, Attack. Antonio, great start this season. Jared Bowen's really coming to his own. Uh, ben Rama has had his moments. Fornals, Lanzini. Yeah, getting Lanzini back was massive. A lot of positives. Nothing last year. To say about West Ham. Yeah, I mean, it has to be the attack. I mean, you'd put them as probably a top four attacking side in the Premier League, even maybe top three. Um, just... You know, the efficiency isn't always there. It feels like they, but they have so many chances that, you know, they're second in shots on target per game and third in goal creating actions per game. So, I mean, they, they're they always going to have chances no matter, and the one thing that really makes a difference is no matter what style the other team's playing, Moyes can adapt mm-hmm. to make sure they're still getting a bunch of chances. Um, Still effective at, dead ball scenarios just like last year they're the best this year i don't think they're quite the best but they're near the top um i think for me it's the defense this year and part of that's just injuries um not having their leader and Ogbonna and stuff but you know i, I their defense is just shaky but i mean that's what's going to be when you're relying on your third and fourth center backs yeah especially now it's it's gotten to a point where it's pretty shaky to be fair i think it's pretty good for like how far the depth chart they are. Yeah. Um, before those those injuries, they were pretty solid. Uh, yeah, they were keeping a good amount of clean sheets. Yeah, the thing about West Ham is they have played really well, but they do have these moments where they just kind of falter. And like you said, the losses against Brentford and Southampton – and then on the other hand, you have wins against Chelsea and Liverpool. 
Yep. They um, show up for the big games. So definitely a great season so far for West Ham, but it's just proof that they're not completely there to be a, a solid top four team. You know, they still yeah. have those moments where they falter. I'd give them a B plus still. Because I figured there'd be a bigger drop off this year. I'd figure they'd be a little above where like Leicester is right now. They'd be in like that eighth range, kind of where like Wolves and Brighton are. But I give them an A. An A. Yeah, that's fair. Moving on, one more team, last team for this category. Also Claret and Blue. <laughs> yeah, this was really the Claret and Blue <laughs> group. Burnley. They're not getting an A. Best results, win against Brentford and a draw with West Ham. Worst result, lost to Newcastle and lost to Brighton early on. The only reason, and you'd say, oh, well, Brighton's a good team. They were up 1-0 and blew a lead. They gave up two goals in about like five, ten minutes mm-hmm. towards the end. Yeah. And that's the first game. Pretty rough way to start your year. Right. Kind of set the tone. <laughs> it's Drop about as rough as Hank <laughs> dropping the phone. <laughs> Uh, 18th right now, best and worst components, Sam. Hmm, what is the best thing about Burnley? Sean Dyche, I would say. Absolutely. That time when he went out in the snow with just (laughs) his regular shirt on and no jacket. Uh, Worst, everything. No, best, I gotta say, Cornier. Yeah. He's fantastic whenever he plays. Uh, Worst. Uh, everyone else in attack, their midfield, their defense has been pretty awful. Yeah, their I mean, fullbacks have been decent. Yeah, I mean you know Burnley by now. They block and they block well. Um, so they still have that going in terms of their defense. And like you said, their their fullbacks can get forward in terms of swinging balls in and stuff. And I mean Cornier is one of the better attackers in the Premier League already. Yeah, For me, it's that midfield. It's just non-existent. I don't know. Mm-hmm. J- Jack Cork, are you kidding me? The unwillingness to upgrade in the transfer window on your midfield, you're just asking to go down with that midfield. They're the worst team at creating chances off live passes. Would you believe that? Yes. Yeah, I mean, the only way they really score is off set pieces. Mm-hmm. They don't even get like the random, they'll get an interception and kind of just have a mini counterattack. They don't even get those this year. They had that one game against Brentford, and that was it. Yeah. Um, Every other game, they've looked pretty awful. Yeah, I mean, high in shot creation actions conceded, but middle of the pack as far as goal uh, creating actions. So like their defense is just holding it together. It's bend, don't break. But... I mean, that's you're asking a lot out of that defense to make sure that they're keeping these clean sheets and stuff when they're not nearly as good as they have been in the past. Yeah. Not to mention there's nothing in attack, so it's you're just holding on for dear life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Tarkovsky has been poor this year as well. Just know they're last in tackles in the midfield. Their midfield is pretty bad. <laughs> oh, well, if you had to give them a grade... F for failure because they're failures. I'll give them a D minus now because I, I like their chances of staying up more than Newcastle given what Newcastle are right now. If Newcastle bring in a couple more guys, it might just have to be an F. Anyone that goes down, it's an F, obviously. So Yeah. But uh, 
Burnley, I'll, get, I'll cut you some slack here. All right, next topic. Needs slash solutions for these teams. We're going to name five teams. We're going to talk a little about their play style, but mainly what is a glaring hole that's missing in this team. First team, Southampton. Sam said no more Southampton talk. Well, here we are. Here we are with some more Southampton talk. Um, one need, I would say, incorporate the Armstrongs. Incorporate <laughs> Louis Jay Armstrong. Adams. Yeah, throw in <laughs> Louis Armstrong too. Get some trumpet action. They could use it. Um, yeah, their midfield isn't great, but it. I guess it it works good enough. Here's some things to know about Southampton. They're the worst long ball team. Their best long ball player, passer this year, by percent, under, I I think it was under 33%, or Oreo Romeo. That's not good. Uh, most defensive actions leading to a shot. Okay. So we like, we like their defense. We like how they're able to kind of, um, you know, hold strong and then kind of push forward, especially early on in games. They're decent in terms of attack, which is really all you can ask for out of this team. Good at getting to second and third ball, so you have good ball winners. It's just really the conversion rate is poor. Um, we haven't even talked. There's strange goalie rotation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Um, They're trying to have, like, the most crap goalkeepers ever in a season. Yeah. I mean, no so, disrespect to Caballero, but he's, like, 40 years old. Yes, he is. I, for my main needs, I was thinking maybe a 10. But, I mean, Shea Adams kind of is that. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, maybe a guy who's an 8 but a little more attack-minded. Yeah. I, just a better James. I, don't know. Pro- I, I no, feel like kidding. when they have all their guys fit, they're pretty good. But, yeah, the midfield. Goalkeeper. Definitely, definitely what yeah. I have as a main target. I thought, like, if you're getting into – you know, lavish, luxurious needs of a team like Southampton. Yeah. Maybe like a deep lying playmaker. Mm-hmm. Is there any way? I don't know what wages he's he's on, but you know, you're talking about Jaka leaving Arsenal. Is there any way? No, not to Southampton. No. Damn it. I would expect him to Damn go it. to probably Germany or something, or Germany or Italy. Italy. Yeah. I think Italy would suit his game better. Center back, maybe in the summer, not right now, but I think they could maybe use another one. Bednarak and uh, Salisu have been fine. Yeah. Um, Salisu's definitely had better moments, I'd say, than Bednarak at, like, the highest point. But, yeah, you know, they still don't have a ton of depth, and they haven't really been struck by the injury bug that much Yeah, as I, far as defense goes. I think something they'll need to be doing is – freshening up the squad i mean you got to get rid of guys like walcott and redmond yes and push with the youth movement with crystal palace yeah moving on liverpool you know liverpool quick build up darting runs in behind up the wing hold possession through the fullbacks um just the best pressers that they are not the most efficient at tackling i mean that's just kind of where the midfield's at though but force the most defensive errors that lead to a goal um defense and midfield depth definitely questionable what are we looking at for liverpool sam yeah i think 
something that has stood out to me is that Konate, right? He's the one that plays for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yes, Konate. I think he's been pretty poor. Yeah. And it's quite a drop-off when they go from Van Dyke and Matip to having Konate in there. Yes. Uh, so that's that's an issue. Midfield, they've been pretty thin, but somehow they've managed to make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, it hasn't been the best at times, but it's better than expected, I would say. Okay. Um, Other than that, I would... Because a lot of their depth just comes from youth guys, but at the same time, yeah. it's like they're just pulling these guys out of their butts. How long can you do that? It's, I, it's hard to say, like, in terms of, like, oh, you know, bring in another attacking player, but... I, I had... I had for one of their main needs as a center back in the summer. I don't think he can do it right now if you just got Kanate. You just kind of ride out the earth Matip. I mean, how long can you... Matip's like 33, isn't he? He's an old guy. Yeah. I don't know how long you can count on him to be your number two center back. So I think right. that that is something they might have to look at. I'd say the main guy they should be looking at is probably an eight or maybe a six. And I think one guy in particular, they go back to the well at Wolves. They got Jota from him. Maybe get Neves. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting idea. Um, I don't know if he would really fit all that great, the high-intensity style of Liverpool versus the more laid-back style of Wolves, but he I definitely mean, has the quality to be playing in that team. He wouldn't be what you had with Wijnaldum, completely different guy, but given what you're getting out of like James Milner and Curtis Jones and... Mr. Morton. Well, that's a very low bar. <laughs> yeah, well, they need something. That's why I'm saying it's their main need. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be good out there. He can ping balls if you need him to. You don't really need him to, but um, yeah. he definitely provides some stability there. I think it'd be good for him. Yeah, and then one final thing I would say, someone to push Mane. Mane and Firmino for the number three attacking role, kind of. I mean, Jota's really just Firmino yeah. replacement already, but, mm-hmm. you know, I get what you're saying. Another winger. Sign Mo Salah to a contract extension. What about uh, Minamino? He's not replacing Mane anytime soon? Um, Believe it or not, this guy's garbage. <laughs> he was garbage at Southampton. <laughs> Somehow he ended up at Liverpool. Not sure how. You know, when you're popping off with Erling Holland, you know. <laughs> yeah, things, he carries things. you to a nice payday. Yes. Um. Next team, your team, Arsenal, needs yes. solutions. You know them. The tack has been fantastic. No more Hershey ball. Not really the most consistency from a number nine, but they haven't needed it. Um, the defense so far has held up for the most part. Um, not really high in terms of tackle attempts, to say the least, but very efficient still. So the midfield isn't really a place you'd be looking at. But... Um, most shots allowed due to defensive error, you know. So what are what are we thinking here? Yeah, definitely a key area for Arsenal is the midfield. Very thin on midfielders. Yeah. Currently, Arsenal has like zero midfielders. Maybe one. Thomas Partey. Uh, Lukanga. Well, Thomas Partey oh, you're talking at, about the, at you're, the Cup of Nations. You're talking about literally right literally now. Literally right now. Yeah. Going into the North London Derby, they have like one midfielder. Um Granite Jaka needs to be replaced. He's way too error prone. He deserves to be with the Mustafis and the David Luises, aka <laughs> off of the team. Um, so that that's huge that you bring in 
a world-class midfielder. And then you have to look forward. Next season, probably no Lacazette because he'll be out of contract. Doesn't yep. want a one-year contract extension. Obama Yang is out of the team. So, you know, that's an area that will need to be reinforced, you know, potentially with multiple guys. Yeah. I th- My main note on Arsenal right now is it doesn't matter wh- who you're bringing in, but whoever it is, they have to compliment Emil Smith or Osaka and Odegaard. Yeah. Like in some way, you just build around those three and mm-hmm. form other guys to fit around them. Yeah, I had mine as midfield depth too, um, even though it hasn't been like a, you know, it hasn't totally killed them this year. You're going to need to freshen up. You already have a young squad, and like the oldest component of your team is definitely the midfield compared to attack, compared to defense. So they have to be looking at that. Um, Just as an attacking nine option for a potential replacement, I got guys, and I want you to rank them. And just keep in mind for any suggestions I'm doing for these teams, I'm only using Premier League players. Mm-hmm. I can sit here and tell you about Vlahovic and stuff like that. It's like, this is a Premier League podcast, so we're not... Yes. Okay. Calvert-Lewin, Mr. Tony, Mr. Dennis, Mr. Bamford. I would say... Probably... Ivan Tony, number one. Very close with Calvert-Lewin. My issue with Calvert-Lewin is that he He's, has been hurt, like, literally the whole season. Yeah. And I don't want to go and pay, like, $70 million because, you know, Everton are going to ask for a lot. Yes. Um, that's my big concern. Mm-hmm. Overall, I think he's, you know, has more Premier League experience than Ivan Tony, and you like it. Yes. In that regards. If he were more dependable, I would rank him number one, but I'll rank him number two. And then number three, I would say Dennis. Mm-hmm. I like his qualities. Yes. I like the fact that he can just kind of be like a one-man machine. And then I would say Bamford, uh, dependability. He had one good season in the Premier League, which I don't really feel confident enough to... I mean, maybe as a backup, I'd be fine with that, but not as... I don't think he'd be able to pay for that, for him to be a backup. Yeah, probably not. I had... Number one, I had Dennis, just because of the versatility and utility. It feels like there is Arsenal's incorporating it too in terms of modern football, in terms of guys being so versatile, being able to move around, high work rate, yeah, all that stuff. And Dennis can definitely do that, so I had him at number one. And he'd probably be the cheapest as well. I feel like if Tony might. Oh yeah, I mean, if they go down, it's twenty-five, maybe thirty mil. Yeah, they're lucky. I'd still say Tony's probably around that as well. Uh, let's move on. Newcastle needs and solutions. All right. Well, Newcastle needs everything because they're pretty god awful. <laughs> um, their best player, Saint Maximin, and then their second best player, Calum Wilson. Calum Wilson's out for a while. Yeah, you really they they brought in Chris Wood. Yeah. I mean, you know Newcastle. Fast on the ball with the same maximum. Wilson, good. Struggle to get it to him. Worst goalkeepers in the Premier League this year by a mile. Um, lowest amount of passes completed into the box. They're good at dribbling, and I mean, that's just St. Maximin, So, And really, dribbling is the only way that 
creates a ton of shots for them. Not goals, but a ton of shots. Uh, average as far as midfield tackles and interceptions, which I was surprised to see. I get they sit back and stuff, but I don't I don't care much for their midfield, believe it or not. No. Um, their midfield and defense is quite poor. In terms of, yeah, I was going to say, in terms of like touches and possession and whatnot, obviously near the bottom. Um, most goals conceded off of live ball passing sequences and rebound shots. So their defense is shit. Um, yeah, I mean, and their last and loose ball recoveries. I mean, if you're looking, if you're actually going to spend Basuma, McGinn, or Ducore, one of those three has to be bought. Yeah. Like for sure. Mm-hmm. If you're not, going to spend I don't think there's a suitable Premier League player that fits in there as far as like a 6 or an 8 for cheap like if they're not going to spend that much because think about how many teams are above them why are they selling to like Brentford's not going to sell Norgard yeah to that's Newcastle. what I was, I was thinking Norgard was like, my first and but it, yeah they're not going to sell him and I think another big play if they do go big as far as center backs, like Connor Cody would be really good for them. Tarkovsky. Uh, he might be in the small category now. Uh, for small, I had Jop, which I don't think West Ham would do it this window. Maybe a loan for Joe Roden. Yeah, that'd be decent. And then I like the one you're saying with Tarkovsky too even. Secondary options because there's just so many. They have to get a goalie of some sort. This is just... Mm-hmm terrible a 10 burn lane ideally eventually get a 10 please yeah. <laughs> like you can't just have it all be same x-men out wide mm-hmm. what are your thoughts for their like i guess main needs or targets or yeah i look at it kind of like you look at aston villa where they didn't have a plan i think of this kind of as the opposite where right now just bring in as many quality players as you can like don't worry yes. about whether they fit or not you just need quality like yeah. everywhere get like, as many guys they, as you can in i think they got it with trippier although i don't know i do have a sneaking suspicion that like trippier could come back and not be that great yeah um chris wood's fine i guess not, not for, ideal not but for 25 million pounds yeah wasn't it 20 Either Still, way, it's too much. Yeah, the way he's been for a playing. guy who has what three or four goals on the year, yeah, and normally only scores ten or eleven. So, mm-hmm. but they need something because Calum Wilson's out for a while. They, yeah, who else would they have out there? So, Joel Linton, even though he's more of a winger now, <laughs> he's defensive. Been, he's mid, been coming into his own. Defensive mid, Joel Linton. Yeah, high work rate. So, if you had to pick one, just anywhere on the field, where would it be for Newcastle? Where'd you start? I think it has to be midfield. Or a six, or not a six, a uh, center back. Yeah, I would say like a really good midfielder. But even then, I mean, because they're still going to play on the counter more than likely because they still have big gaps. I think I'm, I yeah. think I talked myself into it has to be a center back, having like a leader at the center back position to organize people and stuff would be very nice. But I think that their issue has been really scoring goals this season. Too, but especially true, when they don't have Calum Wilson. Well, that's why you got Chris Wood, baby. <laughs> Chris Wood, baby. Uh, next category: goals and targets to finish the year, and how they're going to finish. We're going to start off here. Actually, no, 
We have one more team for needs and solutions. We have Wolves. Hank almost forgot Wolves. <laughs> I would never. Wolves play style, creative wide play, near the top of dribbling, even with lesser usage of Troy. They don't create a ton of shots, and they don't create a ton of goals, but they do force a ton of defensive errors, and they definitely can tackle the ball very well, and they're a top-tier passing side. Excellent keeping out of Jose Sa. I was wrong on that. I'll say it. Jose Sa's good. Um, and then just one of the best defenses in the Premier League, I think. We talked about that last pod. Yes. Like second-fewest um, goals conceded. I think a lot of what they have to do determines if they want to keep using Jimenez as that false nine or a 10, or if they want to actually get him back to being a nine. Mm -hmm. Because if they're going to use him as like a 10 or a false nine, then maybe bring in another striker. But if you're going to use him as a striker, then bring in a 10, right? Yes. So it kind of depends a little on that. Um, sell Troy to gain a ton of money mm -hmm. and, and by a ton anything's a ton for that guy so yeah and and anyways i mean obviously we know that's that's where they need to improve is the goal scoring area and you look at their squad they really kind of have to move Troy to bring in another player because they're just kind of like they're not going to spend big time. They already spent a little bit. They have quite a few attacking players as well. Yeah. Um. So I I think you just gotta chip out Troy, make some space, bring in someone new. I'd say over the summer look for another midfielder. You can kind of rotate him with Montino since yeah. Montino's older. That'll definitely be yeah. something they want to look at. I don't know if they sold Troy and they just like waited until, you know the summer they could do a loan maybe for like ioz perez or bertrand Troy, maybe maybe not Troy now that el ghazi's gone but other championships options Bereton diaz maybe if they want to just go with the out and out striker i don't know i think their best bet is if newcastle or watford go down and they can push for dennis or asm somehow yeah is their best uh plan anything else you want to say about wolves before we move on Score goals. That's not possible. Goals and targets to finish the year. Now we're to Watford. I mean, this one's got to be clear. Yeah. The goals to stay up. Will it happen? Probably not. Yeah. They're well, pretty bad. They've already brought in a few guys. Hassan Kamara, left back from Nice. Kind of plays more as a wing back, too. So... In a way, that kind of makes sense if they're just going to use him to plug up the midfield again. Signed Samir, a center back from Udinese. Surely can't be as bad as Trustakhan. Um, And then they signed this Kayemba guy from Belgium. Plays as a six. So there's that. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, You're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks if you're Watford. Second worst passing team. Easiest to press against. Their top five dribbling team, bottom five defense. Solid signings might give them a chance to stay up, but can they do it? What do they need? They need more consistent possession and goal scoring. Yeah. There's, there's games where they look like they could I, be a team that stays up. 
I just don't know if the possession matters to them because the passing's just so bad anyways, you're going to give it away and your defense is yeah, terrible. That's true. They they just really lack the quality in the midfield. I think the goal obviously is to stay up. Um, as far as the target, I mean, if they catch the right run of form, you know, they've had stretches this year. I think probably their best stretch, they had like three or four good games in a row, which is mm-hmm. asking a lot out of them. They could finish like maybe as high as like 15 or 16, but yeah, they're just hoping for 17. At this point, where are they going to finish them? I'm going to say 18. Yeah, I think they just missed the cut. Mm-hmm. I think Newcastle somehow stay up or Burnley. Uh, leads, goals, targets to finish the year. I definitely want to just say they got to incorporate our guy Joe Gelhart. Absolutely. More more attack, more youth for sure. Yeah, I agree. They have some some talented youth players. Um, just kind of getting a, a flow going. It seems like they really haven't had one because they're just always dealing with injuries and stuff. Yes. And to be fair, that's kind of their own doing by having a pretty thin squad to start the season with anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you would like to see him go on a run like last season, pick up some good results, string them together, build for next season. Yeah. Leads this year, amount of shots per game, top five, second worst in terms of shot on target percentage. Why not play Joe Gellhart? I mean, mm-hmm. he's not like a straight-up striker, but he'll at least increase your chance of scoring, I feel like. Yeah, anytime the ball gets near him, he is just absolutely trying his best to get on the ball, to score goals. And even when they do get on it, third worst at goals per shot on target. Like, their shots are just, even when they're on net, they still stink. Mm-hmm. So... I just the over reliance on Rafinha too. That's not lead style to just rely on one guy to create right. all this. And their defense, we know it's never great, but it's so bad right now. It's this bad. is a bad em, bad em, It's a bad em five. This is a bad em five defense we're talking about here, folks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess a small goal would be to stay up, but at the same time, I feel like they can do that. I would say push for no they there's no way they could get to top half get to the top of the bottom half get to 10 (laughs) that's that's your best like the highest they can go right now that is six points off that's not it's not impossible yeah yeah so i see more they'll probably finish around 14th i I would say but but i'm saying that's a goal to shoot for yeah Leicester. I don't know what to say about Leicester. I don't know what to say about Leicester either. What what a, that's why I put them in here. What a strange team. Near the top on most shot stats, but they're bottom three in terms of passes that enter final third and in the box. They're bottom five in shot creating actions. How does that even happen? How does I, I don't get this team? Last and completed crosses. And crosses attempted. It's like are they just taking shots from like distance. They're just popping shots. Like I don't know what their attack is this year. You knew what it was yeah. in the past. It was ideally the counter. 
Right, and and the issue is they they have such good attacking players too. Yeah, they're just underperforming like so badly, and it's they're near the top in defensive actions that create a goal. So when their defense is fine, you know it can allow them to spark it. But at the same time, it's like their defense normally sucks, and they're not looking to counter as much. I just don't like the way they've played this year in terms mm-hmm. of style. I thought Brendan Rodgers might be one of the worst managers so far this year in terms of the squad that he has yes and what he's done with it yeah i i agree completely with that yeah he's definitely underperformed with that squad and it looks like things aren't going to get any better because they may be losing telemans who's been a pretty important piece yeah i would say their only real chance is to push for seventh and try and get their europa conference league spot i don't see any other like major target they can have the good thing for Leicester right now is that people have no expectations for them anymore. They've yeah. disappointed everyone. Yes. And now they're kind of like in a better position where they don't have as much pressure on them. And I think they could possibly excel with that kind of mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Goals and targets to finish the year. Chelsea. Oh, boy, Chelsea. It started so good. And then it just collapsed. The team that looked the most solid, no longer the most solid. Turns out the foundation was just made out of... Kovacic. Kovacic and... uh, (laughs) One Croatian guy and... uh, A couple bottles of peri-peri sauce. Um, Yeah, that you got out wide on Chilwell and Reese James. Some Mars bars. Oof. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. It's, yeah... I mean, it definitely has to be top three for sure. I think that they'll still push for the title, but I think it's just too far gone. So I think, you know, bare minimum top three, push for the title. I think their main target might be one of the domestic cups slash the Champions League again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the title is out of reach. Definitely have a chance at finishing second. Finishing outside of the top three would be a complete failure. Yeah. Incredibly disappointing. Only curable by winning the Champions League again. Pretty much. Um, Winning one of the other cups and finishing third, not the worst. Not Um, ideal. Hashtag not ideal. But you want to be doing better. Yes. Super disappointing in terms of Lukaku and that whole. Yeah, now he's playing all the games. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe but, he gets it going, but I don't know how they even manage. Chelsea with nines. What's like a worse combo? It's cursed. It is forever cursed. Even like Torres had moments where he was good. Like he always came through in the big scenarios, but like just what you need out of a nine, not was, what you want. He was cursed. Not what you want. Yeah. I so mean, they can take a top three striker in the world and turn him to poop yeah even with Lukaku playing like you say he's he's not really performing um and then you just have you know issues with injuries you know chill will out and relying on Kovacic midfield can be pretty suspect um it feels like it's either too attack minded or too defensive mm -hmm. and they need to find a balance between that in terms of whether it's Kovacic and an and Conte or Kovacic and Mount or however they're going to do it, they need to find more of a balance. They don't really have that yeah. right now. 
and I don't know. There's just a bunch of guys where it's like, I mean, they're depth pieces, but at the same time, like they haven't even been reliable, like at all. Really? I'm looking at Pulisic. Right. I was thinking the same thing. Ziyech has had slightly better moments than Pulisic, but he hasn't been like amazing, amazing. So I don't know. Yeah. You just have some of these guys that are kind of like floating around the team, but not really making the case for being like a nailed on starter. Yeah. The only guy you got really is Mount, mm-hmm. Mendy. Actually, now it's Keppa. Keppa. With the clean sheet, the clean sheet at Tottenham. <laughs> so, moving on, last team in this category: goals and targets. The finish of the year: Brighton Hove Albion. Sam, would you have come in this year thinking that they could be in play for a Europa League spot, or well, I guess more Europa Conference League spot? Mm, probably not. Would it be the most surprising thing? No. Also, probably not. Um, in terms of goals and targets, I'd like to see Brighton finish off the year like they started. Uh, continue on with the with the solid attack that we've seen in the past couple of weeks. Definitely got to be scoring goals. I mean, you can't have that stretch. That Even you, you can't rely on Maupai in the 90 plus sixth. Like, you can't just do that. It's Stop not, doing that. It's not healthy. Not the best strategy. <laughs> it's not healthy in terms not of the your best stress strategy. level. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty pretty bad when you're relying on Neil Maupai. Yeah, lately I like how they haven't been, like, super, super relying on Trossard. Just, you know, relying on, relying on him as much as they should. Yeah, I think... Because for a while there, it was really... It was like, here's Trossard. He's our best guy, and that's really all we have right now. I think of Brighton kind of similar to Arsenal, the way they go about attacking, how it's kind of like you have kind of a group of players that you want to rely upon. And you look at Brighton and you say, like, okay, Trossard, definitely number one. Maybe McAllister. And uh, Wepu at times. They have different guys. Wepu, you know, maybe maybe you get a couple goals out of – of Maupai and then, you know, hoping that yes. Cucurella, Cucurella is providing some, some service some service, and, you know, maybe gross. Yeah. And and you kind of want this system where it's not just one guy, but you need some guys to step up other than Trossard um, for that it. to work out. Yeah, and they kind of got it lately. But I think the goal definitely has to be seventh. Um, I think what they have right now is already kind of got them. Like, if they were in the grades category, I'd already give them... I'd probably say an A- minus just because there's room to kind of slip down. But I'd say A, A-. minus. I mean, this has been a really good year for them. I'd say B plus. Wow. Just because they had that streak of, like, 10, 10 or so games that was pretty poor. Yeah. They're still hanging in there. Last category, futures. We got a few teams I want to talk about their futures right now, Sam. Yes. We're going to start Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. I like this selection. I'm looking at the teams here, and I, I quite like these. Yeah, I was left with these teams, and I was like, what exactly am I going to talk about these teams with? Because I like had the first 15 all sorted, and then I was like, leaves these teams. Mm-hmm. I Actually, there was one team I forgot, if I have to admit, and I, I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad. Can you Don't tell me it was Everton. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I assigned him to one earlier. Fifth category. <laughs> Everton. Yes. What is Everton? I don't know. Um, this is so, a separate pod. This is on the Patreon. The <laughs> yeah. Stuff. First team, Crystal Palace. I like that you picked them for a specific reason because we've seen the 
revitalization of Crystal Palace, the youth movement, bringing in some great talent like Conor Gallagher, um, Elise, Edouard, uh, Anderson, Gahey, plenty of young talent in that squad. Yes. Looking forward, there are still some areas of the club where you see the remnants of Crystal Palace. Yep. Past the Roy Hodgson era, guys like Ben Teke and Milivojevic, uh, you know, maybe even Joel Ward. He's been decent this season, but these older guys that you're going to want to be looking to move out and improve on. Yep. Especially like Ben Teke. What do you mean? Way I haven't too watched, much usage I, I've out lied this whole time and I haven't watched any palaces here. What's wrong with him? Uh, I think I think they could upgrade on Guaita midfield. I I think they could use some more depth just in general. Mm-hmm. The one thing I wanted to talk about with this is, um, you know, given their play style and stuff, fifth and midfield touches, which is honestly incredible for Palace. Um, sixth and touches in opponent's box. What this leads to is Connor Gallagher. What are they going to do after this year when he's gone? Yeah, that's going to be a big concern. Um, how how do you replace Connor Gallagher? I'm not sure. I don't know if you can. <laughs> I don't know why how that is, but I don't know if you can. He's been so immense for them in winning the ball, bringing it forward, distributing it to, I guess, Wolf is kind of a distributor too, but trying to get Benteke to put the ball in that and Mr. Ayu, but yeah, I just, I'm a little worried about that. Mm -hmm. I have faith given what they did last year that they'll know that they can cycle out the old guys. I'm just for future, a little worried about the replacement of Gallagher. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's going to be like the million dollar question. How do you replace him? And, you know, maybe it's bringing in a couple guys or, Trying to maybe get him on loan for another year? Yeah, somehow. Probably not, but you never know with Chelsea. They're going to do weird stuff. Yes. Um, The next team, or did you have anything you want to say about them? No, I would just I say in general true. about them. We, we loved what they did in the summer, and yes. it's worked out well. Their defense, not amazing right now. Still young in terms of the center pack pairing. That'll improve. I like the... um. Guaita, he's he's fine, I guess. I mean, they fine paid like now. yeah, they paid like nothing for him. Yeah. So you know, but eventually bring in a new guy, probably mm-hmm. Jack Butland. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Hennessy. Uh, Wayne, bring him back. Fraser Forster, Willie Caballero, uh, Alex McCarthy. <laughs> um, but no, I like what Palace are doing before, and, and a couple other guys have shown flashes in terms of like Mateta. Etsy's kind of been hurt for a good port portion of the year but mm-hmm. they have a bunch of young guys so I like what they're doing united hmm that that's another million dollar question <laughs> more like a billion dollar question where do united go from here hmm you know i'm not sure okay i'll say this i'm not sure renyak is the guy to lead united not because of his skill set or how he wants the Schemes. team to play yeah nothing Nothing like that. I think the issue is that the players aren't buying into his setup. Yeah. Uh, I think you need to find 
a manager that can sort out all these personal issues that are within the squad. There's some rebuilding that needs to be done. House that needs to be cleaned. Yeah. Guys like Pogba. Yeah, I think that United's main thing, first and foremost, is finding a manager that can utilize what United, I would assume, think are their main guys. How are they going to utilize Sancho? If they still think Rashford is a big piece for them, how is he going to use Rashford? Not even talking about Bruno or Ronaldo yet, because those guys at least, you know, I guess could be slightly flexible, probably not Ronaldo nearly as much, but you need to find guys that are a manager that fits with those guys. It's kind of like, I mean, anytime you're building a certain culture, you have to find a manager that works with the personnel around them. You're seeing it with Arsenal now. Mm-hmm. You know, even if the manager doesn't do great right away for United, if there's still some results and you can see the silver lining, okay? Yeah, and you see that there's a plan in place. Yeah, then you just have to stick with it. And I think the main thing, like I was saying, they got to get a guy who's going to utilize the younger United players. And as far as guys like Maguire and stuff, like shit or get off the pot dude either you're world class or you're not like what are you doing you can't be messing up this much and playing this poorly like i don't I, we talked about how we think Varane is kind of you know toasted a little bit i mean united are third in shots conceded off dead balls and first in shots conceded off dribbles like that's clearly their defense is just not good right now i would say this year their best defender might be between like somehow Lindelof and like Alex Teus. Yeah. That's not where you want to be. There is also the issue that your midfield is so poor and they're offering like no support whatsoever. Yeah. It doesn't help, but I I just Yeah, not to mention whoever you're bringing in has to figure out that midfield. Good god. I don't yeah. think they have the right answers there. I think McTominay can be a depth piece. For United, assuming United want to get back to winning titles, I think he could be like a third choice or something. But Fred's not good enough. Sell him whatever you can. Donny Van de Beek, clearly you're just never going to incorporate him correctly. Sell him. There's so many guys they can offload. Yeah. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They really need to bring in some high-level midfielders before things will turn around. High work rate to cover for the attacking play. If you had to pick before we move on, or were you going to say anything else about United? No, go. I was just going to say, if you had to pick one manager to come in from the Premier League, if you were United, who would it be? Yeah, I was trying to think. Because I I feel like most teams, especially big teams, it'd be Graham Potter, but I don't think Graham Potter would be right for United. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, yeah, the number one choice... Well, number one choice for me is obviously David Moyes, but that's yeah, that's not happening again. We tried that once, um, and then you look at Grant Potter, and you, yeah, I agree, he doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't. I, it's I not think gonna mesh. He, I don't know how I feel with him. You know, with all these big egos, I don't really think that's kind of like Grant Potter style. I'm just thinking like I don't think he would be best suited to figure out Sancho and Rashford too. No, yeah, that just wouldn't work. Yeah. I don't think there is a manager is the thing. I think it has to be 
someone from outside who that is. Is it Potch? Who knows? I feel like that'd probably be your best bet. I the fact that Brendan Rogers was even thrown around was Yeah. Obscene. Obscene this year after what he's done at Lester crapping all over the bed. Mm-hmm. Moving on, Man City Futures. We gotta talk about the future. Selling Fernan Torres after he looks so good. Why would they do that? Well, I think it had to do with Pep's relationship with Barcelona. Uh, I I think he was more willing to sell Torres because he wanted to go to Barcelona, and you know Pep has that connection to Barcelona. He was so good for them in terms of being like one of their main attackers when he played. Does it feel like they have so much talent right now? It'd be hard to get him in there mixed with who else are you going to sell in terms of like no one's going to take Sterling. Yeah. So it's like if we have to offload, it unfortunately has to be Torres, even though he's a really good player. Yeah, I, I mean, there's also something to be said when a player wants to leave, you know, holding them against their will isn't usually a very good idea. You look at Harry Kane. And what went wrong with him? He is uh, a what, ghost. What went wrong? I don't know. A ghost of Kane's past. Yeah, and then I want to talk about as far as a nine. Do they go for a nine? Do they just stick with what they have? I just feel like you can rotate guys in the middle of the park that are a little further forward than the rest of the midfield but aren't really a nine, and it works. I I mean, Foden's kind of like on the wing, so it's mainly De Bruyne, but they'll rotate him in sometimes. I mean, there is the potential of Holland coming in. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that either. I just don't. He's so good at, and we don't want to really talk about it because it's not Premier League related, but I don't know. With the way City set up, I it's not it best just, suited for him. Yeah. He can. He can still be really good, but that's not where he's best. Right. So I I don't know who it he's, would be. He's better suited for Arsenal. I know. He's First off, he's going to Norwich <laughs> in the championship. He's actually a Leeds fan. Is there even a nine that you could see rotated in for them, maybe? The thing is, though, like, they could bring in someone who's not necessarily, like, a top, top striker. You know, someone who's just kind of, like, decent. Wilford Boney. And, yes, Wilford Boney scores some goals for Swansea. Is Ben Teke going to City? Uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh Man, I'm trying to think of Mr. Rondo. of an example of. Are you talking more like? Are you talking not like Danny Ings, but like I guess that's a little warmer. Maybe but not li- really. Maybe like um, Calvert Lewin, but you're not playing him all the time. Calvert Lewin, or or Ollie Watkins. See, I think it'd be more realistic for like I guess Liverpool is the first team for this. Is what I was thinking of. Because he could kind of be like a Mane slash he rotates with Jota guy, but Bowen, if he keeps playing like this, I think I could see him on the City side. But mainly, he'd probably be better suited for Liverpool. I just don't, I don't know who who they could get. Yeah, Jared City. Bowen would be pretty good for Liverpool. That's a good one. I just don't know who for City. There's like no fit. I think Calvin Lewin would be all right. Yeah, that's that's about your best bet. Um, but in terms of finding a guy where it's like he'd be first 
choice in there. I don't. There's just not a guy. I don't think. Yeah, Patrick Schick. This is a Premier League podcast. You get your Bundesliga Czech strikers out of my face. Norwich. Future. Future for them is in the championship. <laughs> I like the Irish guy they've been playing. Ida. He looks pretty decent. Yeah, he, he looked decent. He's like a fresh he, of breath air. He looked like he is. Breath of fresh air. He looks like he might be good in the championship. He's not quite at the Premier League level. No, but no, he, definitely not. You see the potential in him. Yes. He at least has the ability to create his own shot and kind of do stuff yeah. for himself where it's like Pookie can't and you don't really have service for Pookie. So it's like, what exactly is he doing out there? Right. So it makes more sense to, for them, especially since he's younger, end of the year, just throw that guy out there and yeah. hope for the best. But Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't even know in terms of like, I feel like there's going to be so many guys that are on their team right now that are gone next year, whether they're loaned out or permanently sold. But like, I look at midfield, especially guys like Norman and Lee's Malou and stuff. It's like, how many of those guys are they actually going to keep for like their championship run? Yeah. And then you have your lone players like Bill Gilmore and Brandon Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention Tim Kroll. He's getting sold. He's getting sold to Newcastle. He's going back. You never know. <laughs> uh, Everton. Everton, their future is up in flames because they are like the biggest dumpster fire of a club. For some reason, I mean, it went. Nothing up, can go it, right. It's going about as good as you would expect when you hire the manager of your rivals, who managed your rivals in the past. It's like, but started ugh. so well, and um, and you can just see all the bridges that are being burnt, specifically with Dinier. I just hate when teams spend like madmen and then they don't bring in enough quality players to have anything to show and then they're like, Well we spent <laughs> it's like, Yeah, you did and you bought shit. So it's like obviously your fan base is gonna expect you to spend a little more. Yeah. So I if they're not gonna spend and it's gonna be like this past summer they brought in Gray and Townsend I mean, I guess that's better than spending a ton on what they brought in Digne, Gilfie, Davy Clausen, the guy from Mainz. Like they've brought in so many just guys that like are never gonna work out, not be part of the future. The only main guys were Charleston. They paid fifty mil for him. Yeah. Who's paying fifty mil for Richarlison? I mean, I just don't like the way they're run. As far as a manager goes, because Rafa's sure as shit not going to be there next year if they have any brains. <laughs> yeah, He shouldn't be there now. I don't know is why there, he's there. Is there a guy that you would like to see at Everton for a rebuild? And I don't think, oh, I would say Grandpa, I don't think Grandpa would go there. That's not oh, a big enough club. God, no. That's a step down at this point. Let's see. Hmm. Hmm. Who, who would I pick to take over Everton? I mean, he just got an extension, but I was thinking Daesh. Maybe Dean Smith if Norwich actually fired him for some reason. Yeah, maybe maybe Dean Smith. I don't know. Maybe. Dare I say? <sighs> dare I say? Big Sam. Big Sam V2. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him back. Bring him back. Bring him back. Gosh, who else would? Neil Warnock out of retirement. It's like 80. <laughs> 
Chris Hewton. All the best. I, I need I need to go to a transfer market and look up uh I'm just, available. I just managers. need to look at teams. Ranieri. <laughs> Ranieri. <laughs> After he gets sacked eventually. I mean Hassenhoodle? No, I would stick with Southampton. And they don't even spend either. At least they have young guys there. Other than that, man, there's really Tim Sherwood. Tim Sherwood. <laughs> there's there's really no one. The Nevilles. The Nevilles. The, the Valencia team. experience in Everton. <laughs> <laughs> Valencia and Inter Miami. Oh my gosh. Bring in Ryan Shawcross out of retirement. Yeah. That I mean the first thing they have to do eventually will get it scored away in terms of a manager. But uh Oh, I had I had random notes I want to talk about, but before I do that, here's my two points on Everton. They have the least amount of corners this year. And they have the most passes out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> so they got that going for them. Here's a here's a couple of just random statistical things I found. I was looking up. I'll just rattle them off. Wolves have used the least amount of players this year. They've used 18 guys. Hmm. That's like considerably lower than like everyone. Best goalies are David De Gea and Jose Saab by far. Um, Leeds, or no, not Leeds. Villa lead and fouls drawn without Jack Grealish. Kind of funny. The goals per 90 leader right now, do you have any guess who it is? It is one of your favorite players. Uh, ben Teke. No, like a, an actual fucking player. <laughs> an actual player. It's Corne. Oh, okay. Uh, Non-penalty expected goals per 90. The top six includes Gindawan, Sterling, and Benteke. <laughs> uh, goals per shot ratio, the two best guys, Chan and then Wisa. Wisa? <laughs> Uh, Jared Bowen second in goal creating actions. Basuma uh, tackle percent of dribblers is over 80%. Wow. Insanity. Tied for the lead in interceptions is Declan Rice and Levermento. Joao. <laughs> Plus minus per 90 leader, Gindawan, as I said, most important guy on the team. Number one use, most used substitute. I feel like I'll know once you say it. It's Matty Vidra. Oh. Yeah. I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> I would. No one would have said that. Um. Let's see. Oh, I was going to say why I gave up on expected goals, like for sure. I was never high on it, and now I'm really out on it. Wolves and Southampton are not the worst at goals minus their expected goals. Southampton have had like 12 tap-ins missed compared to what they actually have, mm -hmm. but their expected goals are like somehow lower than their actual goals. That That's a fake stat. That is now a fake stat. Southampton with the mist. I'm over here like the Matrix numbers are like <laughs> flying across the screen and I have no clue what's going on. Uh, uh, the hangover. Worst, worst defenses in terms of if you're going just off shots they allow, Burnley, Newcastle, Leicester, Leeds, Watford. Worst goals... In terms of like goal actions per 90, Newcastle, Norwich, 
Leeds, Watford, Everton. Everton have one of the worst defenses, and they just sit back. Um, let's see here. There's a couple more. Oh, just this one. Loose balls recovered. Liverpool, Brentford, Chelsea, Southampton, West Ham. I was very surprised to see Brentford and Southampton on there. I'd say more surprising Southampton. Well, Oreo Romeo is just a god out here, you know, so. Yeah. All right. You want to run over the transfers that have been done so far real quick, rapid fire? Yes. So these are officially confirmed? Yes. Yes. Okay. Aston Villa, Coutinho, and Dinier. Very nice. Um, Brentford, Eunice Lussel. I like that. Uh, Brighton. Casper <laughs> Kozlowski. Kozlowski. Who immediately got loaned back out, so we won't see him for a while. Uh, is he a goalkeeper? He's a midfielder. He's like Midfield. an eight. Okay. Never mind. I'm thinking someone else. Everton, El Ghazi, Nathan Patterson, and... Vitaly Mikolenko. So they brought Thank in two fullbacks yes. and then El Ghazi. So, Very strange. Um, I, I guess, Everton, if you say so. I, I like the Nathan Patterson move. Yeah. You like a good uh, Scottish guy? Scottish fullbacks. Yeah. Nah, I like all Scottish people. You're great. <laughs> You're great. Leeds, uh, Mateo Josef Fernandez from Espanol. Yeah. Going go to the under-23s. Newcastle, Trippier, and uh, Chris Wood. Chris Wood. <laughs> Chris Wood. Chris Wood. Chris Wood. Chris Wood. Southampton, Will Caballero. I don't know. He's he been on the team. Okay, no, he, he extended. That's that's nice. He was, his contract was somehow supposed to expire in January, and they extended him. So I had to put that on there. Uh, Watford, you already went through those guys. Yep. No one knows them anyways. Yeah. Uh, and then Wolves. They got a Japanese guy from Hi-yo. Switzerland. Hiyo. Kawebe. <laughs> from Grasshoppers. Arigato. <laughs> So, Arigato Grasshopper-san. Not many big ones yet, except for Newcastle. So, and I'm sure Newcastle have one or two more. Yeah. Some pretty- rumblings over at Arsenal. About what? Vlahovic. Oh, yeah. What would happen? I thought you were talking about Balogun getting loaned out. Yes, that too. <laughs> up up the bureau. Yeah. And Ketia possibly leaving. Uh, other than that, big moves, you know, usually pretty sparse. In the winter in window. In the winter window. Per usual. Yeah. So we'll be keeping an eye on it. We'll but let you know. Nothing Anything crazy. crazy happens. And yeah, I mean, other than that, we'll see you next week for Predictions. But before we leave, <laughs> we got more predictions. We have predictions for this week. Brighton at Palace at the Amex. On Friday, what are you looking for in this one? I think this one will be a 2-2 draw. I think it should be a good contest. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, Palace, not really counterattack. They have more just fast buildup in general. But if they're able to get through Brighton's midfield and defense, it'll be interesting to see. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. City, Chelsea. It's a big one. Eddie had, could seal the title. What are we looking at here? Yeah, we'll see how Chelsea come out. I mean, game against Liverpool, came back from 2-0 down. Man City might not be so forgiving. 
Uh, I, I would say Man City 3-1. I'm going to go with Chelsea drawing City 1-1. I like the way Chelsea played Tottenham uh, these past two weeks in the Carabao Cup. Burnley, Leicester, Turf Moor. I would expect if this is played, which it should be, um, Mr. Madison is going to have a very big game for Leicester in that midfield. I'll go 2-0 Leicester, especially since Burnley only have Cornet up front now, no Chris Wood. I'm going to say 4-0. This is the start of Burnley. Just absolutely a tail spin into the ground. Watford, Newcastle at St. James Park, six-pointer. Served up on a platter. What are we looking for in this one, Sam? Well, we get to see those new guys in action, Chris Wood and Kieran Trippier. Um, I think they'll probably have a pretty good instant impact. I would say Newcastle wins this one 2-0. I'm going Watford 2-1. Oh, I like I like their ability to go at Newcastle's crap defense. Norwich, Everton. This is a disgusting game. <laughs> Carroll Road. I, I pity the fool who watches this game. So us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess if I'm looking for something, Everton might be able to kind of sit back and let Norwich try and do their thing. Um, Get El Ghazi in there. Yeah, exactly. Get, I'm going to uh, go... I'm going to go with a draw here. I'm going to go nil-nil. I'm going to say 1-0 Everton. El Ghazi. I really sneaky kind of want to pick Norwich in that one, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Wolves, Southampton, the Molyneux. I will be thoroughly enjoying this game. Yeah, should be a good one. What are you looking at in this? Hmm. You know, Wolves have a tough defense. Southampton have been scoring more goals lately. I think Wolves' defense is better than Southampton's offense. I think it'll be a 1-1 draw. That's exactly what I was going to go with. Villa, Man U at Villa Park. I favor Villa in this one. What can you say? Uh, I don't feel good saying that, but it might be true. I think Um, that's just the fact of the matter, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Villa's attack at times is just not what I want, but Man U's defense is so exposed because they're not good and there's no midfield and john they, mcginn might just be running around with the ball in midfield the whole game it might they, that might just happen they all hate each other too yeah uh i'm gonna go with a draw one one two one villa liverpool brentford anfield no mo Salah, but brentford you should still pucker your buttholes because you have not been playing very well yeah if they play like their last game against southampton it could get ugly i'm gonna go 2-1 Liverpool. I'm going to say 3-0 Liverpool. West Ham, Leeds, London Stadium. For the year, you would have thought, oh, great game. We'll see. It could still be a good game because sometimes West Ham slip up, but I'm going to go with a good old 4-1 for West Ham. I just like their attack versus Leeds defense. Um, although, you know, Leeds should probably leave, shouldn't leave it as open of a game as they will, but, you know, what are you going to do? Leeds are going to lead. Yeah, I I think 3-1 West Ham. There it is, North London Derby. Arsenal, Tottenham. The Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Well, first things first, I don't think this game is going to happen. 
Arsenal running yeah. out of players. Yeah. Um, if they it, can go with uh, the Man U five five and one, you know, and then have no one else out there. Uh, or you midfield. just pull a Liverpool and make up some fake <laughs> positives and get your game postponed, even though you have a massive squad. Um, if it does happen. I favor Spurs because Arsenal has no midfield right now. That's very concerning. Yeah. Arsenal looked like trash in the FA Cup against Nottingham. Um, so, yeah, I would favor Spurs 2-1. There's still a lot on the line, and it's a North London derby, so I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. To the makeup games that are yet to be played, Burnley, Watford, Another six-pointer for Watford. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot on the line. I like Watford's chances in this one just because I, I really don't rate Burnley. And they got worse, so. Yeah, but maybe that'll help because Chris Wood's not out there and he's actually so ass this year. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm actually going to give Burnley a win on that one. We're going to go 1-0. I'm going to say 1-0 Watford. Brighton, Chelsea, Amex. It felt like these teams literally played like three weeks ago, even though it was probably like probably five weeks ago or so. But um, this one, we'll see about Chelsea coming off that Man City game. They might be looking to put a beat down on Brighton after Brighton did them dirty. Danny Welbeck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Chelsea 2 0. I'll say Chelsea 3 0. Tottenham, Leicester. King Power. What are you looking at here? Mm, yeah, I I think Spurs are favorites in this matchup. Leicester until until proven until, we can trust. Their until defense proven a little bit we can trust, and, and definitely any time during the African Cup of Nations where they have like half their players out. Yes. Yeah, I'd say Spurs three one. Yeah. Yes, Tottenham's gonna win that one. Banu, Brentford. This one, Brentford, if you were to ever pull a shock upset, save it for this match because you might have a chance. This is a trap game. Um, Gosh, I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to say that it's 1-1 draw. I'm going to say 2-1 Brentford. I want to say it, but I, the I can't. They're just so stinky. All right. Is there any more predictions that you have for this podcast? I think that El Ghazi is going to score against Norwich. Very impressive. Why are all your predictions Everton? The world doesn't need to know the secret. <laughs> Anything you want to plug? The pod on Spotify, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube. YouTube. Yep. All right. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. I'll make sure to add Go. the intro on this one. <laughs> Go do it, you <laughs> lovely brutes. Until next week. Adios, mis amigos. Adios.